When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grand finals, they aren't played like a shootout. They're contested, they're tight, they're high pressure, and that's exactly what the Sydney Swans bring. They've yep. been bringing it this year, not only this year, but for the last 10 to 15 years. That's their DNA, that's the way they go about it, and that's how grand finals are played. So they're going to be right up to this in their teeth, uh, the Sydney Swans. Don't worry about that. There you go, Gibbs is firing up, he's starting to shake, starting to get a little bit sweaty as well, just firing up right in the moment for the grand final. Um, it's a great nomination, though. That Dom Sheed goal, 2018, just to ice it for the Eagles. Massive Sheed from the boundary. Needs to be inch perfect. He is. He's got the most impossible goal. The angle straight from behind as well, just to show you how difficult that kick was. You've got what would feel like 100,000 Collingwood supporters spitting and yelling in your ear. They That's how close he was. over the fence, weren't they? <laughs> just giving him feedback left, right and centre. And he just, it was like he couldn't even hear him. Yeah, yeah exactly. He just shut him out and just gone, cop this, bang, we'll, we'll win this grand final. Cop that, Collingwood supporters. Jeez, um, it was just ridiculous to watch. Um, and for someone like Dom Sheet, it was one of those moments. Sometimes AFL players have some moments in their career where you go, you know what? It doesn't matter what Dom Shee does from now on. It doesn't even matter if he wins a Brown. Like, it wouldn't matter if he won 10 best and fairest. That is the type of moment where you can absolutely hang your career on. Yep. And so it doesn't matter. And nothing else matters. I sealed the grand final with one of the most clutch goals that you will see. And you, you think about his teammates as well. They'll forever be indebted to Dom Sheed for putting that through. <laughs> yeah. Especially the, Jack Darling. For the rest of their life. Yeah. Come down to that moment, they would... Uh, it's uh, everyone else's shout for Dom Sheed for a, a very long time. Don't worry about that. So who's your Norm Smith medalist for this afternoon? I've got Tom Stewart. That might seem like a bit of an obvious choice, but um, I feel like this is an opportunity where Backman can shine and get some uh, recognition. Tom Stewart's just been so unbelievably good. And it doesn't matter who you would even almost send to him as a as a as maybe a defensive forward to try and stop his influence. You won't be able to stop him. He's that good. He sets up so beautifully for him. I can't wait to see the matchup as well with uh, DeConing v. Franklin. That's going to be salivating. Yeah, and this is going to be a bit of cat and mouse, this, this, coaching, uh, this coaching battle. Uh, there's going to be things thrown at us that I don't think we've seen this year. We've seen that, which we'll talk about soon when we preview the game in a bit more in depth. But uh, the Cats have thrown out some, some ways to free up Stewart. Uh, and deconing uh, certainly last week in the prelim, so Sydney will come ready for that, and I don't think they're going to give Tom Stewart much room, Hazy. So I think that's that'll cost him uh, winning the Norm Smith because he's going to have someone right in his back pocket for most of the day. Um, I'm gonna, I don't want to give away my tips just yet on, on who I think is going to win, but I'm going to back uh, Chad Warner. Ooh, for, there you go uh, for the Norm Smith. He's a good young player, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Exceeded, I reckon he's exceeded expectations, probably internally, certainly externally. He's on his way to being a star. He's had some unbelievable games this year, and I just think he's built for this occasion. He's, uh, 
he's, he plays that that hard in and under tight footy, but can also use it on the outside as well. And I think uh, he can have a big game today. Text line 0427 154 166. Norm Smith medalist for this afternoon. Uh, your favourite grand final memories. Uh, get involved this morning. This text uh, coming through from Brett. Good morning to you, great man. He said, happy grand final day. Boys, on grand final day, isn't there just something special in the air? Have a great day, Jansen Swanee's my buddy's 23 points and the lizard Blakey for the Storm and Norman. Blakey's a gun. He's a gun. And he stands out too when he goes off on his dashing runs off yes. half back, bouncing it, running like a lizard or whatever he, they call him. Uh, he certainly uh, he does stand out. So if he, if he has 25 touches... They're going to be a noticeable 25 touches. He does run like a lizard, doesn't he? <laughs> this is the frill neck that runs on its back legs. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is, the frill neck. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, doing it this morning, of course, to the very good folks at Solitaire. We love the guys down there. They do sensational stuff. Uh, visit Solitaire for the latest Volkswagen models. We're going to put a call out now as well, Gibbsy, now and throughout the morning. So attention to local footy and cricket clubs, even netball clubs, any sports clubs, maybe a prominent cafe. On a Saturday, we want to do our show from the club rooms or anywhere uh, next week and onwards. We're going to do, we call it a little OB. You're learning the radio lingo, lingo, but that is an outdoor broadcast. Outdoor broadcast, right. Shortened to got OB. It. Okay, makes sense. So there you go. So we want to come meet you guys. Where should we go? Give us some ideas. 0427 154 166. Is it your cafe? Is it your sports club? Where can we broadcast from next weekend for what we call a little OB. <laughs> There you go. Look at this guy. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Top of 18 degrees across Adelaide today. It's going to be sunny. Great conditions, not just for a footy trip, but for a grand final party. What are your plans? So 427 154 166. What time should we get there and what should we bring? Um, we've brought in Tom Lyon to the studio. Good morning to you, great man. Yes, good morning to you both. I'm as excited as you. And I thought the grand final being such a big occasion, it requires such a big ambitious song and although I did sound confident when I spoke to you a couple of days earlier uh, that, that has somewhat waned because you know when you aim high and you go looking in different places and different tangents and you get a bit lost and uh, I think that's what's happened with me I've I've looked for the key players who's got who are going to influence this grand final on the field and off the field and then I've come across quite a lot of Tom Papley talking about <laughs> benders and uh, fishing trips and then also we, we're going to have a look at uh, who's going to influence the game from Geelong's side. So here is today's grand final song. Papley, wait for the celebration. If he's kicked this Tommy Papley, he has. I'm probably not the smartest tool in the shed, so they said we've got a quite couple of days before the weekend, but turned into four or five large ones. Sydney have Papley. If I said that, horse would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> he parties for sure. Turned into four or five large ones. Franklin has bounced back. Franklin! No, he's not premature. It felt longer than 30 seconds, that's for sure. I guess it's a pretty big game. Uh, no shit. For a corporate crowd. I'm looking forward to beat his call. Boys, kick the goal! It's the grand final <laughs> countdown. Geelong have Chris Scott. Wouldn't 
have been asked if the media is irrelevant. He says they're a good team. Statistically, we're a really good team. Danger <laughs> needs it bad. Danger, Phil. He says obvious things. It's so cliche, but we're in a really good position. It's the grand final <laughs> countdown. Quite a couple of days before the weekend. Turned into four or five large ones, but... Um, Boys, get the car! The grand final countdown. If I said that horse would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good, Tommy. Really yeah, good. Look, really nice. There's a lot to take. So out. There's a lot to, you know, you, what's the saying? You shoot for the stars and land on the, how does it go, Hazy? Land on the moon? Oh, reach for the heavens and even if you fail, you'll bring down stars. Yeah. I felt, felt like I landed in Paraka with that one. Because it was, <laughs> yeah. That was good. <laughs> Do you know what the highlight for me is? BT and that call, that, yeah. the Tom Boyd goal. Iconic. Where... You're so invested in something and you're so overcome by emotions that all you can brain is all that your brain says to you is say, scream out a swear word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Another iconic moment from B team. And the song too. That's just brings back memories of sitting at Amy Stadium. <laughs> that was the, that song used to play before each game. Yeah, Crows didn't it? Game, I reckon. So oh, yeah. sitting there with a bucket of hot chips waiting for the first bounce that <laughs> Real yeah. 80s glam was, crap rock. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good solid fire up song. Um, some of the other commentary in, in there as well. This is just as iconic as it gets. Cox throws it onto the left. One last roll of the dice for the Leo Barry, you star! How good was that? Yeah. That, that was, uh, what was that, 2005? It was the one before um, the Eagles won in 06. Leo Barry flying across. He's got no right to market, first and foremost. Most blokes would try and put a fist through the ball. And there was about 20 blokes all in this uh, contest because it was pretty much the last play of the game. If you freeze it as well, or you focus purely on some of the other uh, one-on-ones, you'll see Ty mm. Canelli with the biggest fistful of a- Ashley Sampy's jumper that you will ever see. There was absolutely yeah. a free kick there. Yep. And somehow Leo Barry takes that mark. Well, there's, you're not paying free kicks like that. In no, the last you get away with it. The grand final. So, uh, Ty Canelli knew what he was doing, no doubt. But, yeah, you're right. They, they came from everywhere, all different angles. The pack was huge, and uh, he took that mark, and that audio will go down in folklore, won't it? That, uh, that was a great call. Yeah, you've also got Amon Buchanan, who literally just ran into the contest. I think he ran <laughs> in, he got vertical, and threw himself in. He tried to be a cannon and just jumped into the contest. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tommy, you're a big Crows man. Yes. Do you have memories well, of 97 only, and 98? I only have traumas from um, 2017. That was a, a really hard day. But yeah, 97, 98, I was down at the local surf club. And you know when you see your parents get drunk? Yeah, it's a little bit Yeah, it's a little bit overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, it's a, you, you, you're little, but you know something's different about today. You know that they're on the path to... Um, to really party hard. And so, yeah, we stayed up. I got to stay up late that night. And um, I just remember being so, because I was still a miniature enough back then, just so elated and so overwhelmed with joy. Yeah, there you go. So your favourite player from back in the day? Well, it was Modra, but he got dropped. Another sad <laughs> Modra story. got dropped. We'll talk about that this yeah. morning as well, some of the heartbreak stories. Because, of course, Logan McDonald has got dropped. Um, Ten disposals over the last couple of weeks. So not overly surprising, but... For Tony Modra, not to play. I mean, he missed the other one, of course, with a knee injury. But for the great Tony Modra to be in a mission 
It was unbelievable. You can see how this would sever relationships for life. Like how he, he I don't know if he has ever t- spoken to Blighty or if they talk now. Same with um, Derek Kickett was dropped right before the grand final for Essendon. And he'd played every single game that year and then just never spoke to Sheeds again afterwards. That, that's sort of life affecting stuff. So you do wonder, Logan McDonald from WA, will this have an effect on him down the track if he wants to... Head home. Mm. I got dropped for the 2006 grand final. Really? Yep. So I got dropped for a player who, to be honest with you, I, I don't understand because he didn't do anything. He wasn't even that good. His name was Justin Westall. <laughs> <laughs> so he just went on to play yeah. 280 games for Port Adelaide. So look, that was a, um, a fair selection call, yeah. must be said. But then on top of that as well, uh, no one would admit it. But if you get dropped for a grand final, there is a part of you, a selfish part of you, that's watching from the stands and is going, oh, I, I'm, I kind of want them to lose. Absolutely. because so, then No you... one's going to admit it. I'm not even going to say oh, I was thinking like that, even though clearly you're putting two, to two, two together. Yeah. I was thinking like that. And the dogs <laughs> did get smashed by the Eagles that day. But you're just so out of it. And there's no – it's a big team effort. It's a squad effort. That's that's. Bullshit. It is. <laughs> like, it is. If you're not playing, then you, you're so secluded. It's unbelievable. So what about um, they've come out this week and maybe suggested that everyone on the list would, should get premiership medallions. If like the NFL. they win the flag. Like, like the NBA. Everyone gets a ring. So you, you, get, you get a premiership medallion when you're sitting in the stands. You probably don't feel a part of it, do you? No. no As but, much? No, but I know over in America, yeah, absolutely. It's it's just as good. Like the, the NBA players, some of the guys who hardly see any minutes in the playoffs at all, or even some of the guys who played 30, 40 games and then got traded, still get a ring, and they're not taking that ring off. So it's it's different. It's different. It's a different world. It's a different yeah. culture. Yeah. But um, yeah, grand final heartbreak stories, and maybe at a local level as well. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. No issues for you though, uh, Tommy, because I mean you're always <laughs> first picked in all your teams. Yes, or if you flip that around, probably last picked. I was the kid on the wall where everyone would choose their team and I would be near last. But I was there for the vibes. I was there for the vibes and the fun. Yeah, you were the guy who organised footy trips. That's it. <laughs> the Just fun, for good times. The fundraisers. <laughs> All right, get involved this morning, 0427 154 166. Some of those heartbreaking grand final emissions, have you got a few examples for us? Text them through. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA. With Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yes, good morning to you. It is three minutes past nine o'clock. Gorgeous day across Adelaide today. Can't wait for a top of 18 degrees. It's going to be sunny. Um, we'll do a big, giant grand final preview just after 9.30, so stick around for that. But there will be some late changes to the Cats. Word coming through now is that Max Holmes uh, hasn't passed the fitness test, so he was selected in the original 22 or 23. He's not going to play. Um, some solid options, though, the Cats have, Gibbsy. They've got some serious depth. Yeah, and it is heartbreaking for the young lad. Uh, he's obviously doing everything he could this week to to try and get up for this game, as you would, but they have some ready-made players to play. Uh, so you know, Brandon Parfit is an emergency. He could easily slot into this side. And the other one, and that has grand final experience as well, is Sam Menegola. So they're probably the two um, that would be likely to come in for... Holmes, uh, and then you've obviously got Mark O'Connor as well, who just misses out. He's played some some good games and done some good uh, roles on opposition, good players. So uh, if I had to pick one, I think Sam Menegola gets okay. the call up. 
watch this space. Uh, any information that comes through in regards to the teams, we'll bring it to you right here on SENSA. What about that situation as well? I mean, if you're a young player, first of all, um, yes, everyone feels sorry for Logan McDonald, but his form's been ordinary last sort of couple of weeks. He's had 10 disposals over the past two weeks combined. So not a huge selection shock, just tough to drop anyone for a grand final, no matter what's going on. But for Max Holmes, who's been very, very good, unfortunately, he looked like he was done last week. And they're saying, no, it could be nerve-related and he doesn't know what a hamstring feels like, etc. Hasn't trained well. That's heartbreaking in itself. But what about the opportunity and the elation for someone who, at the last second on grand final day, gets a gig and potentially goes on and wins a premiership? Yeah, yeah, it's huge. And I'm just trying to work. Would he have done a fitness test this morning? Is that what they're saying? Or he would have done it last night and they would have given him... 12 hours to recover, see how he pulls up in the morning, and he's obviously no good. So I think from this report that I just read, that he's done, uh, he didn't quite get through the captain's run, okay. and then he's done a little secret session as well, and obviously that hasn't gone too well. Um, so it looks like he's not going to play. So already a little bit of drama in terms of the teams. Uh, but like you said, they're, they're so, they run so deep, the Cats. I mean, unless you're losing guys like Hawkins or Selwood Dangerfield, um, who are unbelievably important, they've got so many good backups. They're just a quality football side. Yeah, they do, and, and that's why they finished on the in the position on the ladder uh, at the end of the year and find themselves in a grand final because they they have such great depth. And when uh, when guys miss, uh, or we've seen a lot of their older players be rested, even it's just the next one up, the next player comes in, plays a role, and usually plays it pretty well. So that's a, a sign of a good side when you've got internal competition uh, and guys putting pressure on other guys to perform because if you don't, although this isn't a, a performance um, case, uh, this is an unlucky injury uh, that uh, Holmes has got. But yeah, he'd be pretty feeling pretty flat, I would have thought, that uh, he didn't get up. But as you said, opens opportunity for someone else to, to get a gig in this year's grand final. And uh, I've no doubt whoever comes in, they'll, uh, they'll be ready to go. Mm. All right, big grand final preview coming up at 9.30. Let's get into this, though. In South Australia round, Cape Horn! What's on in SA? Climate's Trade Centre at Regency Park. They have the absolute best at Dakin prices. What's going in South Australia uh, today is that uh, we are celebrating the AFL grand final, but could you believe it, Gibbsy? still race day at Morfordville. So if you head along to the races, let us know. Interesting time to head along to the races. Starts from uh, 10.30, of course. There'll be all sorts of grand final packages, but then there's other parties happening across the place. What I do like about this time and as well is that you think, wow, this is a play time when places jack up their prices. Actually, quite the opposite, because they're competing for our services. So this is where you get some good deals. You reckon there's a few discounts getting thrown out this yeah, afternoon? Yeah, some nice little, nice little drink specials. Extended, uh, extended happy hours. A uh, chicken parmigiana or two, um, just uh, mixed in with a beer, a beer. Nice little deal there at plenty of establishments around town. Best place to watch the football as well. 0427-154-166. Straight away from me, I think of the big places like the highway and the Ramsgate. You need a big screen, good atmosphere, uh, and some good cold beer at a respectable price. Yes, that's true. And I don't know if uh, the, Ram- uh, the Ramsgate, the highway sponsor us or anything, but I'm going to give them a little bit of a clip. I, oh. uh, we, I went there to watch the footy, actually, in around 23, Collingwood-Carlton, to watch the, the Blues hopefully win and play in the finals, which they didn't. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was a scheduling issue, and the, the, the venue had uh, scheduled live music to be played on Sunday afternoon. So Oof. we sat there and watched uh, round 23 
in silence. They didn't have the volume up because they had uh, some live acoustic mu- music playing in the background. See, uh, and that's they, a tricky situation. It was packed with Carlton and Collingwood people yep. who were riding every bump in this game, but with no commentary and and no volume on uh, on that great big screen that they've got, it uh, certainly deflated the mood in the during the day. So did you make your opinion and did other punters make their opinions known to the staff? It's a tough situation because I used to play music back in the day. Tommy Lyon is an established musician. You don't want to ruffle some feathers and sometimes you know when your sounds aren't quite welcome. No. Uh, there was some feedback to maybe just pay the the, lung, the young lady her cash and tell her she can go home early so we can turn, <laughs> turn the volume up. But... Um, yeah, it just wasn't. It just yeah, scheduling issue, and no, no one seemed to read the play or forecast that the footy would uh, would draw a crowd and <laughs> at the highway on a on a Sunday afternoon. So, a little bit of a dampener there. No one was reading the room in that particular situation. <laughs> um, Hilltop Hoods are on tonight as well. So oh, if you I'm, really want to make a day of it, imagine well, just going to your grand final party I'm a and big, heading off to the hoods. I'm a big Hilltop Hoods man. Yeah, geez, that is South Australian music royalty right there. Um, coming up next, grand final heartbreaks. So right now, it is Logan McDonald. He was dropped, and it looks like as well that it's Max Holmes as well. So he hasn't got through a last-minute fitness test. So there's going to be um, a selection call that the Cats have got to make, but unfortunately for young Max, he misses out as well. Give us some examples, some big examples over the years. 0427 154 166. Nine minutes past nine. Do it a thanks to Solitaire, and visit Solitaire for the latest Volkswagen models. Good morning. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Grand final heartbreaks, uh, some of those situations where maybe you've played a bunch of games that season, you just get dropped or you get injured at the wrong time of the year and miss out on premiership glory. It doesn't matter what uh, grade as well. could be missing out on a Super Bowl, although you still will get a ring, even if uh, you don't play in the Super Bowl, if you played some games during the year. Just ask Jesse Williams from the Seattle Seahawks back in the day. Uh, this text gives you, it says, I played every game, all cricket season, 40 wickets, a couple of hundred runs, had an argument with the coach on personal matter and got dropped for the grand final. Oh. It's from Dracos. Jeez, <laughs> that's, that's not on. Politics. And that's on you as well, Dracos. Dropped on politics. you just got to keep your mouth shut and have that argument on Mad Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not on. Uh, this one. Morning, boys. With McDonald dropped, how hard will West Coast be coming from the trade period? That'll be an interesting uh, watch this space. That's from Lockie. That's a very, very good point. I don't know if he's get will be signed a two-year deal during the season, um, despite reports that Frio were coming at him with a 10-year deal. Ended up signing a two-year deal with the Swans. So a 10-year deal. A 10-year deal. Pretty solid. Uh, this text, Chad Warner was pick 39. How the hell did Port and Crows miss this? Sydney's always nailing these picks. We need their recruiting guy over here. That's from Tony. Um, it's a good point. <clears throat> it's hard. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hindsight's always good. When you're talking about, this is my voice doing its best to hang on. <clears throat> That's good radio right there. When you're talking about blokes who got pick 39 saying, well, we missed him. How did we not get him, etc." But Chad Warner exceeded expectations. He, if you pick 39, no one gets to there and you expect them to come along and do really, really good things really early. I mean, Chad Warner's not an All-Australian or anything like that yet, but boy, oh boy, he's heading in a good direction. He will be, but... This is what the good clubs do. This is what Geelong have done for so long. This is what Sydney have done for so long. Their only picks are in the late 20s, early 30s because they always play in finals, always finish in the top four. Uh, And these two sides are probably the most successful sides of the last probably 20 years in terms of not bottoming out and, and staying competitive for a long time. So 
it's not a fluke that these clubs keep finding these sort of players late in drafts or mid-draft because they've been doing it for such a long time. So uh, you're right, though. It, you, you do wonder why or how some of these guys can slide to this position, but um, it doesn't surprise me that Sydney have found a Chad Warner at pick, uh, pick 39. What about the Swans, though, and not even just in the draft, some of their rookie selections? It's Jake Lloyd's two under this weekend. He's won a couple of best and fairest. He was a rookie. Nick Smith, who played over 200 games, he was an All-Australian. He was a rookie. Kieran Jack was a rookie back in the day. Yep. He was a club captain, best and fairest winner. He was an All-Australian as well, played over 250 games. Brett Kirk from back in the day, yep. um, who is one of the absolute greats of the Swans. Grundy. Heath Grundy played, what, about 250, 255 games. He was a rookie as well. The success that they've had via the rookie list um, has been outstanding. Sometimes you don't always get it right. That's why uh, Andrew Hayes got himself a little spot on the rookie <laughs> list. That had always come along. But they've got some absolute gems. Oh, and even guys that they've traded in from other clubs. Josh Kennedy from Hawthorne. Yeah. You look at someone like Tom Hickey, who's played at, in, played at half the clubs in the AFL, but they, they get him on board and he just plays a role and he's been unbelievable for him this year and finds, finds himself in, a, in another grand final. So uh, they've picked smarter more than pretty much anyone. Mm. For, for a long period of time. Amazingly successful at recruiting of the Swans. It's just, they're so unbelievably bloody consistent. We know about their uh, unbelievable culture and the Bloods culture, what, what it all means. It just seems like an unbelievably great place to play football. Um, some grand final heartbreaks. Let's go through them. Tony Modra. So this was just huge. He went from missing one premiership, copying a season-ending knee injury, uh, the game before the grand final, He'd won the Coleman in 97 before tearing his anterior cruciate leaving the prelim against the Bulldogs, not only forcing him out of the 97 premiership, it limited his ability to return for the 1998 flag as well. So he didn't play in both. A lot of people actually might not realise that because when you think of absolute Crows greats, you think of Tony Modra. He was there during that period. He didn't play in either flag. It's strange, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's sad, isn't it, that, that he didn't get a premiership medallion because he was winning uh, Coleman's taken hangers, and he was the face of the Adelaide Footy Club for, for so long. Uh, and then that, that's, that probably was the, the tipping point that he got out of there, went over to Frio. Yep. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Imagining Tony Modra in a Frio top. <laughs> it is. Really, really strange. Uh, Bob Murphy, Bulldogs, 2016. That was sad. People would say the same thing, the heart and soul of what the Bulldogs were all about. Of course, did his knee, wasn't it, uh, leading up to the final series, missed out on the premiership, and... Um, look, the iconic scenes, was it Beveridge or someone said, offered him his medal, to which he said no, yeah. as you would say no. But uh, unfortunately, he misses out on a premiership medal and he is as bulldogs as it gets. Yeah, that, that was sad. And that was, uh, you could tell on his face after the game when uh, they won it uh, and Beveridge did pull him up on stage. He looked like he was about to cry uh, and... There was a lot of people uh, had tears in their eyes watching him get up there. But um, for someone like Bob Murphy, what, what he'd done for that footy club and what he'd done for the AFL uh, across a long period of time to, uh, for him to go down with injury a couple of weeks out from the finals was, was sad to see. I mean, they were underdogs in that, um, in that final series, come from seventh, so probably weren't expected to, to get it done. But uh, that would have been certainly a fairy tale finish for, for Bob Murphy. Some other examples, uh, Brent Guerra. 2012, leading into the 2012 final series, does his hamstring. 
Um, of course, Hawthorne didn't win that year. Anyway, they lost to the Swans, and uh, Brent Greer would go on to win another premiership yep. uh, the next year in 2013. So he had a happy ending. Jack Graham, he did his shoulder in the prelim final, uh, playing for Richmond in 2019. Things turned out fine for him in 2020, so he's a two-time premiership player. Marlon Pickett did it pretty well as well. Um, Jason Cloak, so he missed a clash with Brisbane after getting suspended for striking Adelaide's Tyson Edwards. That would keep you up at night. Yeah, it would. And there's there's been a couple of um, examples of this. Jason McCartney was another one that got suspended in a, in a prelim as well. So as is for Jason McCartney. So play, he was on the Crows list in 97. They won the flag when he, when he didn't play in that side, the, the Adelaide Crows. Then went across to North Melbourne. He played in that grand final. The Crows beat him. And then 99, he, uh, he got rubbed out as well. <laughs> That's not fair, is yeah, it? Yeah, when he uh, he hit Clark Keating in the head, copped a suspension, missed the uh, 99 flag. You just, it, it's almost like the footy gods have put a, a cross next to your name and said you're not supposed to win a grand final. It's just not going to happen. You're not supposed to win a flag, Jeff, so. unfortunately. Um, Derek Kickett, what about this one? Derek Kickett, Michael Simons and uh, David Flood. Only one team in the past 30 years has made three changes to their grand final team. That is really, really brave. Kevin Sheedy's selection choices in 93 were arguably the most controversial, mainly because of dumping Derek Kickett. He was sensational. He'd played 23 games on the way to the decider against Carlton, including all three finals, but was sensationally cut as Mark Harvey, Mark Thompson, and Dean Wallace were brought in. And the reports are now that there's not much of a relationship between Kickett and Sheedy. <laughs> she could imagine. Yeah, they're not on... Uh... They're not sending each other Christmas cards, yeah. that's for sure. But uh, that is staggering to play 23 games in a season and then to get dropped right at the end. Mm. You would be gutted. You would be heartbroken. Yeah, you would just be questioning a lot of things. This was a, an interesting one as well. Tyson Goldsack and Leon Davis. So Collingwood, of course, in 2010. We know how this all turned out. Topsy-turvy turn of events. Goldsack was dropped for Davis ahead of the 2010 Grand Final. was secured up before earning a reprieve in the replay after the draw at the expense of Davis. Davis had previously played in Collingwood's Grand Final losses in 2002 and 2003 and was also part of the team that fell to Geelong in 2011. But correct me if I'm wrong, in this particular situation, given it was a draw and they replayed it, they still said that anyone played in the week before would get a premiership medal. So I'm pretty sure Leon Davis is still classified as a premiership player. And I'd be comfortable with that if I was Leon Davis. Don't worry about that. I wouldn't be handing that premiership and be down your back. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm certainly with you on that point. Um, well, yeah, at least he got another crack at it, Tyson Goldsack. Yeah, what Just, about that? What about the week of emotion? Getting, <laughs> getting told you're not playing, then it's a draw, and then... Coming in for the bloke that you were going to miss out for. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Imagine watching as well the first grand final and Tyson sitting there going, oh, wow, how's this going to pan out? It's a draw. You start going, hang on. Am I, am I, back, am I back on here? <laughs> I a chance. Am I a chance so to play telling me week? there's a chance. Oh, that is the free god smiling yeah, very nicely. That's, that's Tyson Goldsack, very deserved premiership player. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. 0427 154 uh, Your heartbreak stories uh, for the grand final. I mean, it doesn't even have to be an AFL grand final. It could be a sports grand final in general. Uh, general um, Drykos texted him before, said that he had a bit of an argument with the cricket coach after being a star during the year, and the coach dropped him for the grand final. They probably went on to win. That's tough. Yeah, That's tough. tough to digest. It is tough. But, but, um, but we're talking AFL grand mm. finals here. We're talking football grand finals. 
it's stiff. It's cricket, cricket grand final. We'll save that for for March. <laughs> I want to hear you. I thought you've, you were about to get stuck into cricketers. I thought, whoa, no, come on no, here, Gipsy. Nah, I want some football heartbreak. <laughs> All right, here's a good one then. Um, Josh Franco, Matthew Promise, both uh, missing to, um, from 2004, of course. That's from uh, Whitney and Tom from Mile End, I think it is. But yeah, I mean, Matthew Primus was the skipper that year and then got injured. So Warren Treadray uh, took the reins. And Josh Franco was arguably, I mean, he was the best player to not win a premiership in that era. He was an absolute freak. And he absolutely deserved a flag and didn't get to play in there. He comes second in the Brownlow maybe yep. that year, I think, as well from Ridiculous. memory. So, yeah, he, he, he was one to, to miss out for sure. Um, and I reckon he would have been young, but Mark Rusciuto in 97, he didn't play. Yep. Yeah, he was a baby then. Yeah, yep. really, really young. But still, oh, there's some good examples out there. 0427 154 166 2018, off the top of my head, Nick Natanui didn't play. Yep. Andrew Gaff as well, of course, because yes. he got the big suspension. The, the Brayshaw hit. Mm. So, yeah, that would have been tough to digest when you get suspended. So not if you get dropped, you sit there and say, well, look, it's a form thing. Maybe it's deserved. If you get injured, you say, I can't control that. But if it's through your own um, discipline factors, that's the kind of stuff that would keep you up at night really staring at the ceiling. Yeah, and especially the, the Gaff one because he, he copped you know, six or seven weeks or whatever it was, and each week... They kept winning. They're getting closer he and closer. Would be just feeling worse and worse and worse. And then we spoke about earlier the Dom Sheed moment to win him that grand final. He would have been gutted, Andrew Gaff. And I think Oof. watching his face while his teammates were celebrating on the ground after the game uh, said it all. Jeez, it's like, how are you going here? I mean, you're celebrating and you're happy for the boys, but also you've missed out. I mean, I think of Alex Spina. In 2018, unfortunately, from his perspective and the Roosters' perspective, he couldn't um, get the job done this year and they missed out again in 2020, but broke the collarbone in the game before and then the Roosters go on to win the flag. Oh, they're tough. They're tough. But I suppose that creates opportunity for someone else. Uh, It's 9.31. We are doing it this morning uh, from SCNSA's Studio Lumo, powered by the good folks at Lumo Energy. Keep some of those stories coming through, 0427 154 166. Uh, maybe we'll put a, more of a positive spin on it as well. Your last-minute grand final opportunities, where it's just completely turned around. Maybe you were that bloke who got caught up at the last second. Maybe um, you're in the same situation as a cat who's going to be in today when he gets the nod to uh, go in for the injured Max Holmes. Great story. Marlon Pickett from a couple of years Marlon ago. Pickett. Gets uh, debuts in a, in a AFL grand final. Yeah. It's as good as it gets. Wins one. How Mill- good. Nearly wins a Norm Smith, too. He played very well, too. Well, he played in the VFL Premiership only the week before. Yeah. So he's had a big couple of weeks there. <laughs> really good couple of weeks. <laughs> Top of 18 across Adelaide today. It's going to be sunny. Uh, it's just past 9.30. News not too far away. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. What a day for an AFL Grand Final party. It all gets underway in just a couple of hours' time. All the festivities have already started. If you're uh, cruising through the city... Hindley Street is abuzz with all sorts of gremlins on football trips and getting themselves really in a nice spot to celebrate this afternoon. What are your plans? 0427 154 166. Geelong v Sydney. Can't wait for this. Two really, really good sides to watch. One, because Geelong are just so beautiful to watch offensively. And I do like accountability um, when I'm watching football. And that's what um, the Swans bring in spades. 
Yeah, it's going to be a cracker. So I just want to set the scene for you here just with a couple of uh, some stats for, for both Geelong and the Sydney Swans. So the Cats are going to play in their sixth grand final in the past 16 years. And the Swans will be playing in their sixth grand final in the last 18 years. So no other team has managed to do this uh, in this period of time. Both clubs are already playing in their 18th season, uh, playing finals since 2000 and or the year 2000, more than any other side. Uh, Collingwood and West Coast uh, are behind them on 14 finals. So in terms of sustainability over a long period of time, you could say without, I mean, you, you mentioned Hawthorne with the three-peats, Richmond with three flags, um, the Brisbane Lions did a three-peat in there as well in terms of winning them all in a row. Those teams haven't done what Sydney and Geelong have done over a longer period of time in terms of playing finals and making grand finals. So if the Cats win today, they'll move to four flags since 2000, which will equal Hawthorne yep. in that period. And if the Swans win, they'll go to third on that list. So... When we talk, we spoke about earlier about these two teams drafting really well, recruiting the right players in, um, their, their rookies selections. Uh, these two have been the most consistent teams in terms of success playing finals, playing in grand finals than anyone since the year 2000, which is uh, unbelievable when you think about it. So you're going into um, Sir Swamp Thing areas with your stats. That was just unbelievable. Really in-depth, wasn't it? Just to give you a bit of an insight into what was happening behind the scenes. We lost Bryce for that entire ad break. He was I just, just... I blacked out. He just blacked out and he was happened. just crunching numbers, doing laps of the studio. And I'm looking at Tommy going, what's going on here? And I think, hang on, I think he's cooking something. And then bang, just comes to us. A little mix of Sir Swamp Thing and Jared Waitley. It was absolutely beautiful. But what about the Cats and the Swans as two teams who refuse to bottom out? They are the definition of how to rebuild on the run. Even when they're rebuilding, they're not always contending, but they're absolutely competing. It, this is the prime example of how it can be done. I mean, some of these other sides, I mean, you were part of the Blues where they had to absolutely rebound when they were in the you-know-what. Geelong, it seems like, will never get themselves into that spot because even when they need to rebuild, they're still going to be pushing for the eight. Well, it's, that, it's incredible. That stat says it all. In the last 22 years, they've... These teams have played in the finals for 18 of them. It's ridiculous. Like, that is that blows your mind. Yep. And we just spoke before about the culture at the Swans and how they get all of these. I mean, it's not a fluke when you get some of these names coming through um, as rookies. Jake Lloyd, Smith, Kieran Jack, Brett Kirk, Heath Grundy, Paul Bevan as well. Like, they just ridiculously, almost once a year, will uncover these, some of these gemstones via the rookie list. Is that, is that Michael's brother? Um, I don't think they are related. They certainly don't look alike. Different areas as well. If Although no doubt Bevo would claim that uh, he does know Michael very well. Good sporting family if that's the case. <laughs> the Bevan's doing very, very well. Um, all right, let's go through it. Your key matchups or your key areas, Gibbsy, what do you like? Well, they, they've gotten to this, this game playing two very different styles of footy. So we all know the Cats love to get numbers behind the ball, free up someone, and that's usually Stuart. It always doesn't have to be Stewart. It, it can be De Koning, um, it can be a couple of others, but they, they do like to get Stewart free. So that's that's the way they like to set up, and then they attack and, and rebound off halfback from that. Whereas the Swans, it's all about pressure, pressure around the source. They, they've been the best 
in and around the stoppages, the, the contested side of the game, the clearance side of the game. I think they're the number one clearance side in the comp all year and, and they rely on, on pressure, winning it at the source, um, surging it forward and, and getting momentum in, in that space. So two very different ways to go about it. So as I mentioned before, you think Tom Stewart's going to win the Norm Smith medal? Yep, I've picked him. I just don't think Sydney are going to allow this to happen. So that they, we've seen them do, uh, a, a, which was last week was a, a genius coaching tactic in terms of we saw Reece Stanley do the ruck, come back to centre-half back, pick up the centre-half forward, which would, allow, my boy which would allow Stewart to be free. And then we see Mark Blitzavs as a midfielder or as a forward run around with the ruckman. So we've never seen that before. In the AFL, the most versatile a, player on the planet, Mark uh, a Blitzers. tactic like that yep. to unfold. So they might have played that card a little bit early. Uh, so the Swans will certainly be aware of that. But I just think if you're Sydney, you're just evening it, evening the numbers up. You yep. play with six, seven, eight forwards if you have to. You are not going to allow Tom Stewart to come across and intercept all day like he has all year. Yep, very very good stuff. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. Some of the matchups you're looking forward to as well. Um, your key of area of expertise is the midfield. Yes. So, does does someone go to Dangerfield? Does someone go to Parker, or is it just a whole bunch of blokes going at it, fighting fire with fire? I think I think Sydney will fight fire with fire. They're uh, as I said, it's their their ability to win the. In, in the contested situation and it's their pressure if they don't win it. So I think they take, like we, we all know how offensive, um, offensively dangerous Dangerfield is when he gets the ball and his ability to break away from stoppage and, and get the ball forward. But I think they will just play on him at stoppage and test him the other way because they are so good at winning clearances. Uh, and if they're not winning clearances that they're tackling the absolute, you know, what out of the opposition. Uh, I think they'll back themselves in to do that. And when they do win, win it from stoppage, they'll charge forward and, and test the likes of Dangerfield, Selwood the other way. So um, I think that's the way they'll go about it, the Swans. Key positions. A lot of people have been talking about this probably for the last sort of couple of weeks, but just how big of an influence Jeremy Cameron can have and how much he could potentially just tear this game wide open. Do you agree with that? Uh, he, he can certainly be a match winner in this game, but he's playing on a bloke that probably had his measure in the last couple of matchups in, in Dane Rampey. Dane Rampey has been a, a star for a number, number of years and he's got the versatility to get up the ground with him like Cameron likes to do. He likes to, to get up into the midfield uh, and he's got such a big motor. He, he usually blows his, his oppo up, but um, when Dane Rampey goes to him, he just shuts him out. He kept him goalless for nearly 200 minutes when the last time they played. That's, that's, incred that's an incredible effort. And Not by, many people have done that this year. By the way, Dane Rampey, another one of those rookies. There, there, there's, there's another <laughs> one to, uh, to add to your list. Uh, and Sydney, Sydney won that game. Yep. So if Dane Rampey can keep Jeremy Cameron relatively quiet, that could be huge for them winning this game. This is set up for a little fairy tale for Buddy Franklin, isn't it? He hasn't had 
the oh, I mean, he's had success as a team in a grand final. He's won two premierships with Hawthorne, but he hasn't had, I would say, the individual success at this stage that he would have liked and what probably people expect of him. This has got, in my eyes, football fairy tale written all over it. It does, and, and what a test it is for young Sam De Koning oh, as he's well. He's a star, that kid. To, to be playing on Buddy today. We, uh, we saw Buddy have a relatively quiet game in the qualifying final, but we, uh, we all saw what he did in the first half of the prelim last week. He is still a match winner, and he could have a quiet three quarters today, bud, but in the last quarter, he could absolutely turn it on. Yep. There's a part of me that just loves football and loves to see the big stars like that and the big genuine showmen do well on the biggest stage. Um, so I've got Tom Stewart for my Norm Smith. Uh, you've come up with the reasons why that won't happen, which are very, very fair because he's so important to the way they set up and how they, they rebound, etc. cetera. Um, you're Norm Smith medalist. I'm going to go with Chad Warner. Yep. I think the Swans, like they have all year, will turn this into a, a real tough inside, contested, slow the game down type game, which grand finals traditionally, that's what they turn into. They're not usually a high flow, uh, flowing shootout type game. Um, I'm actually going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tip a draw, Hazy. <laughs> I'm going to tip a draw. You've heard it here first. I'm going to tip a draw. I'm going to have Sydney winning in extra time and I'm going to have Chad Warner Winning the Norm Smith medal. This is incredibly specific. Yep. <laughs> a draw, the Swans win in extra time. There you go. Well, you might as well not stop there. How many disposals is Chad Warding going to have? He'll have 27 touches and <laughs> eight tackles. <laughs> and eight tackles. Yep. All might, right. Might, might kick a goal as well. There you go. And one goal. So the Swans to win in extra time. Chad Warner, 27 disposals, eight tackles and a goal. That's incredibly, um, really, really down to the finest detail. <laughs> that's a man and all I'm doing is opening myself up <laughs> for criticism I like the odds for all those things to come through alright 946 uh, gives you tips in terms of Norm Smith medal etc uh, and what are the plans for the big day today 0427 154 166 it is 946 this is Saturday's in SA we do it thanks to the excellent folks at Solitaire visit Solitaire for the latest Volkswagen models top of 18 across Adelaide today it's going to be sunny uh, we'd like to discuss the finer details of the big day as well, and that is the grand final entertainment, who's playing, whether it will be good or not, maybe some good performances of recent, maybe some poor ones. So a man who knows more than most when it comes to entertainment and singing, etc., is our very good friend Tommy Lyon. Thank you. Look, names are made, and <clears throat> apology, Hazy, I'm sounding like you. Um, <laughs> Too many names darts are made. for you, Tommy. <clears throat> People are, people's careers get ruined as well, and so... The thing with this performance is the open air venues, when you're in a stadium, people don't realise how hard it is to keep your voice, well, I'm finding it hard to keep my voice in this room, but <laughs> to keep your voice in those open air stadiums, it takes this one thing with the headphones. If you're one second out, it can ruin everything. And that's what happened with um, Angry Anderson. He, if you remember in 1991, he was placed in that blue Batmobile. Yes, which is that? an interesting choice in itself. Yeah, everything about it was so 90s. And he was surrounded by these white little Mazdas as well with Olympians and past footy players sitting in there. And uh, his headphones were about three seconds out and it just ruined his whole performance. Have a listen. Lights, 
this? Are you still sounding yeah, okay? Still, that's the thing. Any quirks in your voice just get, get swallowed up in that big, big area. As you would know, Hazy, have you, you've performed outdoors before? Um, yes, but uh, not usually in front of 100,000 people. Mm. But I would like the situation where, yes, if it's a big open space, then you can um, actually disguise some of those chinks in your voice. So maybe it's somewhat of a blessing. But if you're yeah. getting fallback, if you're getting bad fallback, that's, yeah. that ruins you. That's the thing. Even if your fallback's not loud enough, you, you just get thrown. Gibbo, you would have a few memories of uh, bad performances at the grand final. Yes. And one I was looking forward to listening to was Tones and I in 2019. Oh, yeah. She'd just yeah. come on the scene, uh, you know, Dance Monkey, was yep. doing the rounds, playing on every radio station. How's that go? Getting flogged. Um, dance Monkey, yeah. Dance Monkey. Yeah. <laughs> It's what it sounds like. It sounds like um, Japanese karaoke. Thanks for the chop out there, Tommy. I was, uh, I was in trouble there. But um, I don't know. I was just, it was just underwhelming, I thought. Bit of a fucking last minute Yeah. Book, booking by the AFL. Yeah. We've got some audio. Yeah, yeah, let's have a listen. Let's have a listen to Tones and I's effort. It's a bit boppy. Kids are coming. The kids. Dance making yeah. two or three times. Well, yeah. Sleep. Sort of set up. One of those any quirky performers just get swallowed up on that stage. Mm. Um, one guy who's known to be incredibly quirky, hazy. You've got there, and it's probably the most notorious performance of all. Oh my gosh, the one, the only, uh, the great and late meatloaf. <laughs> Complete utter crap. That's what it was. <laughs> That's the when you see how he goes into spoken word there. You Whoa, cannot do that. Do that. <laughs> Six hundred grand apparently got paid for that performance. Jesus. Well, yeah, he certainly his, earned that that day. Not his finest moment. I could have done no. a better job for six hundred grand. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you know. I've what about some good voices. performances, Tommy? Well, yeah, it's, it's important not to reflect on just the bad ones. Now, the twenty seventeen. Adelaide Crows versus Richmond Grand Final. I, I still have a lot of PTSD from that day, but the only thing good to happen was the killer's performance was nuts. Yeah. Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Gotta, gotta be down because I want it all. It started out with a kiss. How did it end up like this? This is the fight. See, that's perfect. That's exactly the way the killers sound. That was the benchmark. And, of course, today we've got Robbie and Delta. And I think this is a match made in heaven. We've seen Delta prove herself over the last couple of weeks. She's executed the national anthem well. Robbie is a proven stadium performer. Uh, saw him catch up with AFL.com.au a little bit late yesterday. This is what he has to say about uh, AFL football in general. I really, really love it. I've really tried to be into <laughs> rugby 
but I'm just not. It doesn't interest me. And I think they're incredibly talented and, you know, all of that stuff. But with AFL, it's so entertaining, so easily digestible. Apart from the scoring system, it's incredibly (laughs) easy to understand what is happening on the field at any given time. Bless Robbie Williams because he's read the room perfectly and he's got the memo. So they've said, righto, this is what's going on, Robbie. We're going to pay you an absolute buttload of cash, which probably doesn't make much of a difference to you. But um, if you want to (laughs) endear yourself even more so to Australian um, football fans, because we already love you, just give rugby a bit of a, uh, a slap down as well. Yes, and Polak's the score review system. <laughs> yeah, exactly People right. will want you greatly if you hate on the score review. Yeah. Uh, the other one as well, in excess. Yes. Or what you would call in excess in 2010. Um, let's listen to this first and then, Tommy, you take us through it. Suicide love is the colour of her hair Like a cheap distraction from a new welfare she knew it was finished before it began. See, look, unbelievable vocals there. Yeah. But, I mean, you showed me this piece of audio just before and I listened to it and I was like, yeah, that sounds fantastic. I was thinking it's from way back in the day, but it's 2010. So obviously... It's not actually Michael Hutchins. No, it's um, J.D. Fortune who won his spot in In Excess from a reality TV show in, I think, about 2005. Now, he was a singer from Las Vegas, and they get marked hardly because no one can feel that charisma that Michael Hutchins had as a front man. Um, he is a good singer, but it just didn't go well down well in grand final folklore, and In Excess just looked a bit off. They were high five, You know when people are, like, high-fiving the crowd and... It just looked really underwhelming. But I've got to say, he's got an incredible voice. He's but an- sound like him, eh? Yeah, that's what this I thought. Because when, yeah. when I heard it, I was like, similar. oh, wow, that must have Vocals. been back in the, yeah. back in the uh, genuine in excess days. No, no. Just there a cover. So, uh, good stuff. Look, why don't they just save some money? It's easy. I mean, you got cane corns to, uh, yes. at halftime. Don't stand, don't stand, <laughs> don't stand so close to me. See, that's pretty that's- good. What about Adam That's Kearney? That's a voice. Adam Kearney doing a bit of silver chair. Body and soul. <laughs> I'm a freak. I'm a freak. I guarantee you the boys will do it uh, for much cheaper <laughs> the, than Robbie will do it for. There you have it, the best and the worst. I saw you <laughs> frantically searching around for something there, and um, <laughs> what a delight it was to hear them. <laughs> That's what I was doing. Uh, all right, get involved this morning, 0427-154-166. We've covered plenty of different areas, all grand final related. Give us your Norm Smith tip, some of those heartbreak stories or maybe some of those unbelievable success stories on this day and tell us exactly what you're up to because uh, I don't have anything locked in as it is. So I reckon uh, you're persuadable. don't think that's a word, but you could be convinced to uh, head otherwise somewhere. <laughs> Gibbsy, if the right um, meal and drinks offer is available. You I can bend my arm, Hazy. It's so rubbery too, isn't Anytime. it? Anytime. Look at your arm. Bend it so, right back. So twistable. What about you, Tommy? What are your plans? Oh, you can... Bend my arm too, mate. Oh, rubber arms. Line over there. <laughs> Bend me right around. Um, I am, uh, like Gibber, I'm with the family today. I'm, I'm taking the little ones to my dad's house and hopefully they can run rampant while we watch a bit of the game um, undisturbed. And uh, my lovely wife is very sick, so obviously I've been 
I mean, even though I'm slightly unwell as well, obviously the duties of looking after the kids will be put on my plate and mm. I'll take care of that. Yeah, most people are unwell after they have 40 beers the night before, but um, <laughs> just kidding, you are genuinely sick. All right, it's bang on 10 o'clock. Let's get into the news. Top of 18 across Adelaide today. This is Saturday's in SA. Good morning. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across South Australia. Welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Three minutes past 10 o'clock this morning. Text line really busy. It's fantastic. 0427 154 166. Uh, still time as well to give us a call. 1300 736 736. Um, Gibbsy, uh, understandably, absolutely consumed by what's happening this afternoon. The Swans taking on the Cats. I can't wait. I've just got this nervous energy, which you get each and every year. It's just a good time. And we are blessed today with the sunshine because we'd still be up and about if it was raining. But, yeah, it's just a bit of a different feel at the minute. It just puts you in a good mood, doesn't it? When the sun's out shining, the weather's warm, you're instantly happy. Yeah. And you're instantly happy anyway on grand final day, but even more so when the weather's well. You can yep. get out, you can have a barbie, pump the volume Blast it loud and get right into what's going to be a cracking game of footy between two very, very good sides. Absolutely. Crank the volume of your favourite song. Don't stand, don't yep. stand, don't stand so close to me. On... <laughs> really brought it home strong there, Kano, didn't is, it? Is this, was this recorded in, in the break oh. of a... Of a show, or it would have been, has yeah. he done this on air, or how do you keep coming up with these? <laughs> He's probably done it on air, actually. Audio clips. This is before we learnt the valuable lesson early on that the mics are always recording. So, um, but while we are talking about Kane, big shout out to Kane Corns. The efforts over the last fortnight it is now from Adelaide to Melbourne. He ran it was about seven hundred and fifty plus kilometres. He averaged sixty five kilometres a day. He finished on Thursday night before the telethon. Um, with the aim to raise $200,000 for uh, My Room Kids Cancer Charity, raised over $300,000, an incredible effort from a bloke who physically did something unbelievably incredible. It was just so crazy to watch. Yeah, so much respect for for Kano and, and what he did over the last two weeks. I mean, to run... At a pretty solid clip for most of it too. He was running at four minute thirty k's for pretty much the whole first week. So yeah, and an insight into that. The first, I mean, we were here when he set off uh, on that journey, and we got a video. And I'm looking at him going, "Geez, he's hammering." They had to slow him down. Yeah. So he was going sub four thirty for the first sixty five k's. I'm like, "Okay, just this is not this is not a race. You will get there." And he, I think he said, "Yeah, I will slow down." And the next day, he went out and did the same thing. So <laughs> yeah, he could exactly. not hold him back. But it uh, it started to look look like he was struggling a bit in that in that second week and looked like he was going to break down at one stage but uh, found the the mental courage and got his body up and about again to to finish off the last couple of days looked brutal yep his body was looked like it was starting to pack up on him and cramping and shut down but uh, yeah found a way to, to finish what was a, an unbelievable effort to uh, to run to Melbourne and for such a great cause and, and raise over $300,000. It, uh, it's an amazing effort and uh, well done and thank you to uh, all the people that chipped in and donated. Um, 
these sort of things go a very long way. Yep, indeed. Very well said. Um, if you want to catch up on it as well, just give him a little follow on his social media, at Kane Corns. Um, all right, let's talk about some off-season stuff because while there's a big AFL Grand Final happening today, uh, both of our clubs, Port and the Crows, have been working away behind the scenes to uh, get some good, solid players in. Jack Graham was the latest to do the rounds this week. So he's a two-time premiership player from Richmond, of course. He is a midfielder. You probably know him more so from his work up forward, but he does pinch hit in the midfield. And then what they're saying is that he's got a year to go on his contract for next year, but potentially could be gettable. Is he someone as well who you'd go after? I feel like Jack Graham's been around for a long time. He's still only 24. He's he not really far away from playing his 100th game for Richmond. I think he's at about, around about 97. But already the CV is beautifully stacked. Importantly as well, he's a North Adelaide junior, tea tree gully boy. So he is a South Australian. Is this someone who both clubs, you could see both clubs having a crack for, and maybe in particular Port, given now Josh Dunkley's off the table? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? The, you look at Port and they've certainly had a couple of priorities that they've gone after. And Josh Dunkley was one of them that you just mentioned. Kaziah Pickett looks like he's going to stay in Melbourne and uh, be at Melbourne next yep. year. Um, the Rankin deal still looks like there's a bit to play out with that for Adelaide. Uh, so, I mean, it's just sort of who's next? Who's next available that we can get in? And although Graham does have a year to go on his contract, he is just one of those players that, that goes under the radar a lot. And what he he does to that Richmond side is so valuable. He he covers the ground so well. He's got a big engine. He, he's up and back and, and does a lot of, lot of team things that you, you wouldn't necessarily see, especially if you're watching on TV. Um, the, the stuff he does away from the yep. screen, off ball, uh, not many players can do. So uh, he's a pretty much the ultimate team player um, and just and just you know what you're going to get with Jack Graham he, yep. he's going to give you a, a 7 out of 10 performance pretty much every week and um, if if he was interested in coming back to South Australia I, if I was Port or the Crows I'd certainly be asking the question and, and looking to get him in because yeah, you need guys like that in your side. Yep. Um, it was Jack Rewalt, as you mentioned, that uh, came through and really said some really nice things about what sort of leader he could be. Um, Isaac Rankin, we know that's in the works. He's going to find himself here. The big question is, what is he worth in terms of first-round picks, etc.? cetera? Uh, Willie Rioli, Junior Rioli, rather, is coming in. We know that as well. You would think that a second-round pick gets that one done. Caleb Poulter is another name that's being mentioned. So this is a young kid who has played 12 games in total for the Pies. Uh, had a really good, solid start to his AFL career last year. New coach this year under Fly McRae, and it hasn't quite fit. It hasn't worked, so he's only played one game this year. Um, look, he's got some skill. Pick 30 in the 2020 draft. He's a local boy. He's from Woodville, West Torrens. He's a, a tall midfielder, almost a prototype midfielder. Um, so I wonder if he is absolutely worth a look just to see if he's interested. I, I would dare say there would eventually be an offer on the table from Collingwood. Right now, he hasn't been re-signed and they've done their first round of delistings. Yeah, and they're looking to bolster their list as well. A lot of names have been linked to Collingwood. Obviously, Billy Frampton, McStay, even you know guys like Tom Mitchell are being linked to, uh, to Collingwood as well. So they're going to have a, a busy trade and off-season period and list turnover, you'd think, the pies, and you just can't keep them all. So he is one that could uh, that could fold out 
of that of that side and off that list. So, um, yeah, I'd be inquiring about him as well for sure. Mm. Um, it all went not in a bad direction, but all of a sudden for Port Adelaide, it was yep, targets Junior Rioli. That's going to happen. It seemed like until the last second that Josh Dunkley was home, and then he wasn't. And people started putting conspiracy theories together saying, well, the reason he hasn't is because he's going to nominate Brisbane. He's waiting for them to finish their finals campaign. But from everyone you talk to, there wasn't a decision made until right at the last second. He had dinner with some Port Adelaide players, in particular Travis Boak. And I've said it before, um, if I had dinner with Travis Boak, he could convince me to do absolutely anything. Um, But Josh Dunkley is going to Brisbane, I dare say, um, that is purely based on family. I know his partner, Tip Edouard, plays for the Thunderbirds. What her future in netball looks like, who knows? But we do know that she is from Queensland. So I dare say at some stage, she'll probably be playing some netball up there. So you reckon he's just reading the writing on the wall? Because I thought once I found out his wife was... He, is it his wife? Uh, partner. Partner. Yep. Was, uh, was based here in Adelaide. I just thought, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, I, I thought so as well. But her family, so she's originally from Queensland as yep. well. So at some stage, you know, she's probably going to go home. He's got other family as well in Queensland. So or, when you do reanalyze it, all directions actually did point to Queensland. Okay. And, we'll, and I think once we realized he was holding out to make a decision while Brisbane was still playing their season out, it, there were a lot of cues that... Uh, we're going to, yeah, as you said, lead him to choosing Brisbane. Mm. Him waiting for them to finish the finals before uh, declaring that that's where he wanted to end up. All right. It's already a busy period. It all gets underway on Monday. And uh, jump on as well uh, via our SEN app. You can get all the latest with Trade Radio. And the big guns will be doing that. We're talking Kane Coins, Matthew Lloyd, etc. Um, a lot to get through. It feels like it's going to be one of the busiest trade periods of all time. It already is busy. It's yeah. already off its head. And I, don't, I can't remember a year that we've heard so many rumours and even players requesting clubs that they're, they're keen to land at. It's, uh, we're only just seeing the start of it. Mm. All right. Um, text us through 0427 154 166. We'll jump back on track, and that is the grand final. Swans v. Cats. Give us your Norm Smith medal. Give us your plans for today as well, because just got two blokes talking to you here with the most rubbery arms that you've ever seen. So twistable, these arms. Can we turn up to your place and drink piss? That's what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, can you, and can you babysit my kids while yeah, I do that? Awesome. Uh, 13 minutes past 10 o'clock, doing it thanks uh, to the very good folks at Solitaire, of course. Uh, that's what brings us this show each and every week. Visit Solitaire for the latest Volkswagen models. Great conditions as well to watch some footy. Top of 18 degrees, it'll be sunny. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Coming to you smack bang from One King William Street. That is Studio Lumo SA, powered by Lumo Energy SA, where already some punters are cruising past. And it seems like they're either they've started really early with their grand final celebrations or they're kicking on from last night. Either way, it seems like they're in a pretty happy spot. Plenty, plenty of footy trips happening, as you yes. said earlier in the show, Hazy, and a lot of them staying on Hindley Street as mm-hmm. well. So. Plenty of carry-on, not, uh, not too much sleep. Mm. Uh, walking past a couple of them this morning. They had the Patrick Cripps eyes from Brownlow night, <laughs> the, the day after the Brownlow Cripper. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people are just gearing up for, uh, for the, big, the big dance. Pissed is the word we're looking for. 
Absolutely. Ex- pissed or extremely hungover. <laughs> Can it be both? Yeah, I think it's both. <laughs> uh, the market for the Norm Smith as well, Patrick Dangerfield up the top, $6.50 he's playing, followed by Jeremy Cameron, Callum Mills and Luke Parker. I've tipped Tom Stewart, he's paying 12 bucks. Uh, you've picked Chad Warner, he's paying eighteen uh, $18. So as Adam Cooney would say, plenty of chicken on the bone for that one. Yep, and I've given you exactly how many stats, tackles and goals he will have as well. So you can uh, shame me on uh, Monday morning, Hazy, when we reconnect and tell me that either got it right or I got it wrong. Chad Warner paying $18. He's going to pick up 27 disposals, have eight tackles and a goal. Extremely specific by you. And one Norm Smith medal. <laughs> and one Norm Smith medal. Um, all right, let's talk about the uh, AFL Grand Final. Uh, not too long to go now. Um, so when all said and done, we gave a, a good solid analysis just before, where it's won, where it's lost. What I do like in general, though, which we did sort of speak about, was it is a team which is just so beautifully offensive. It's just fun watching the Cats go about it. But you've got to appreciate a good defensive mindset when it's in action. And that's what the Swans bring. I love a defensive midfield as well. So, And that's from the days of Brett Kirk, where this is a bloke who could get 30 disposals and keep his man to 10 to 15 disposals. It's going to be an unbelievable battle. And I think it's going to be so hot really, really early. Unbelievably physical. They always are really, really quick for the first sort of 10 minutes before they start to settle down. But this one in particular feels like it might be a bit spicier than the rest of them. Yeah, you're spot on, and, and that's what grand finals are, are all about. That uh, The physical, the they're going to be exhausted. They're going to be looking to get their first wind as soon as possible, but they might not have a chance because this game could be hot for the whole four quarters. Um, and I, I do think it's going to be close. I do. I just think Sydney won't allow Geelong to get their free-flowing game uh, that they start at half-back and generate through extras back there to get their game going. I just don't think John Longmire will allow that. Um, and I think we'll see some tactics that we haven't seen this year in this game. Mm. This will be a big battle of the coaches. Two coaches who are in such a similar position, both one-time premiership coaches who won a flag really early in their career and who are unbelievably respected. And, I mean, this would really, whoever wins today, if it's John Longmire or Chris Scott, all of a sudden they get elevated into this really, really rare category where they're two-time premiership coaches and they've done it with two completely different sides. That's puts you in a spot where you are as elite as it gets. And on the flip side, the loser are not going to lose many admirers either. No. For what they've done, not only this year, but as I spoke about earlier in the show, for a long, sustainable period, these coaches have just found a way to to get the best out of their list, play finals and play well in finals. Uh, Text line, nice and busy this morning. Thank you so much for your text. Keep them coming through. We're going to uh, keep this going for the next 10 minutes. So 427-154-166 from Brett. He said, imagine being one of those rare first-game premiership players. You'd be thinking, how easy is this caper? That's a good point, isn't it? Uh, Particularly with Richmond and the way that they do things. If you play in a premiership, you become an instant life member. So back then, Marlon Pickett, one game, one premiership, life member, Richmond Football Club. That's pretty good. How good. I'd, I'd retire. I'd <laughs> just about done. hang them up after that. Yeah, and get my, so, go, start on top, go out on top. Um, we spoke about during the week as well some of the great comeback stories. And I'm not sure which comeback story is better. Tyson Stengel, from where he was last year, 
uh, where he was out of the system. And it didn't look like there could be a passage back in. He goes to Woodville West Torrens and they do a sensational job of uh, giving some employment, make him re-enjoy what football actually is. He stars for the Eagles in the grand final. Gets a gig with Geelong and now he's an All-Australian on the cusp of being a premiership player. The other one is Paddy McCartan. I was just looking at his name. So Asia. good. Unbelievable. I mean, he, who would have thought with how it ended at Securita with the concussions and it was purely a situation where he said, look, he's got to think about his future and his safety. And now he's on the cusp of being a premiership player. It doesn't even matter though if either of those players don't win. The comeback story is still there and it's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's... As you said, even if you don't follow these these teams, it is it is a great story in both situations. And yeah, one is going to be extremely happy at the end of the day, and one's going to be bitterly disappointed. But from where those two have come from, and the work that those two have put in over the last couple of years to to be in this position, they would be feeling very blessed and very grateful for the opportunity that they find themselves in, and that's playing in a grand final today. Mm, all right, one of the great stories, or two of the great stories right there. If you've got another nomination, get it through, 0427-154-166. We'll come back next to wrap it all up, and we are doing it thanks to Solitaire, the great guys at Solitaire, and that's where you go to uh, see the latest Volkswagen models. Top of 18 across Adelaide today. It's going to be sunny. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. 28 minutes past 10 o'clock. Tommy Lyon is in the studio. And Tommy, we're just having a bit of an off-air chat about mm. how good the build-up is and everything that comes with it before the grand final. And you were saying, oh, I just love the long kick competition. Yeah. And then didn't Bryce just perk up? Yeah, a, a big surprise that Bryce has entered it because I, I didn't think you were renowned for the long kick, but you've won it. 72 metres. 72 Jesus. metres? Is that what you registered? That was my second kick. <laughs> Yeah, that's outrageously good. Get two kicks, one one it off the first one. It was a like sixty-five. I just went back and put a seventy-two over the yard. Seventy-two. What do you win for that? I won ten grand. Ten grand. Yeah, you got ten. K- I, won, I won ten grand. Don't you love it when you see people who are already successful and paid okay just yeah. win more money? Makes you feel good, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, he's battling. Here's ten k yeah. just for something that uh, he just would have entered in for shits and giggles. Yeah, good fun. Headed off to Vegas to Mark Murphy's Bucks the next day. So, uh, oh, timing, timely, uh, timely winner. So, did you? Did the money come through straight away? No, it didn't. But I, but I spent it in <laughs> Vegas like it did. <laughs> uh, and then caught up the AFL. I was like, "Where's that money? <laughs> I need, I it, need it." All right, boys. Before we let you go, um, Tommy, give us your tip and your Norm Smith medalist. Geelong by seventeen, and I reckon it's destiny for Dangerfield. Ooh, okay, Gibbsy. Sydney by six points in overtime. Chad Warner, Norm Smith. All right. All right. I've got Geelong and I've got Norm Smith medalist, Tom Stewart. Enjoy the grand final. Stick around. Crunch time is up next. Uh, be safe and we'll catch you again next week.